Hey Lane, hope you're enjoying your Saturday in Minneapolis. With clear skies and a high of 40 degrees, it sounds like a perfect day to catch up on the latest news. And we've got some interesting stories for you today. First up, a Tennessee federal judge has made a significant decision regarding NCADA athletes. The ruling temporarily suspends an NCADA rule that's been preventing student-athletes from engaging in third-party marketing deals. That's right. This antitrust lawsuit might just change the game for how prospective student-athletes can profit from their name, image, and likeness. And while the NCAA is no stranger to legal battles over earning opportunities for athletes, this could mark a significant turn in protecting student-athlete rights. I'm Jonathan Martin. And I'm Steve Onsker. Welcome to Beyond the Headlines from PocketPod News. Then there's a bit of controversy brewing in Major League Baseball over new uniforms by Nike. Players and fans alike are not holding back their criticisms about the Nike Vapor Premier uniform's quality and design. Some are even calling them see-through pants, not exactly what you'd expect for professional sports gear. Nike's promised improvements, but with opening day looming, many are left wondering if changes will come in time. And lastly, Google has been playing around with its search features again, this time removing the news filter without warning. It's part of an experiment that could signal big changes ahead for how we find information online. Especially interesting as Google looks to integrate AI into more of its products. But with digital media already facing tough times, like Vice News announcing website shutdowns and layoffs, the implications could be vast. This message is brought to you by PocketPod. Say goodbye to one-size-fits-all podcasts and hello to a fully personalized listening experience with AI-crafted podcast made just for you. Head over to PocketPod.app to join the waitlist. In a landmark ruling out of Tennessee, the NCOA's restrictions on student-athletes making third-party marketing deals have been put on hold. That's right. U.S. District Judge Clifton Corker granted a preliminary injunction against the NCA Day, arguing these rules likely violate antitrust laws. This is all part of a broader antitrust lawsuit initiated by Tennessee and Virginia. To dive deeper into this significant legal development and what it means for the future of college athletics, we're joined by PocketPod sports reporter Dustin Sherman. Dustin, this ruling seems to challenge traditional views on amateurism in college sports, doesn't it? Absolutely, Jonathan. The decision by U.S. District Judge Clifton Corker to suspend the NCAA's rule against third-party marketing deals for recruiting student-athletes is indeed a significant blow to the association's long-standing position on amateurism. By highlighting antitrust concerns, this preliminary injunction sheds light on the evolving landscape of college athletics where the rights and compensation of student-athletes are becoming increasingly prominent issues. Could you break down the specifics of this ruling for us? Of course. On February 23rd, Judge Corker granted a preliminary injunction against the NCAA's regulations that prevented third-party marketing deals aimed at recruiting student-athletes. This ruling came in the context of an antitrust lawsuit initiated by Tennessee and Virginia, challenging these restrictions as unlawful restraints on competition within Division I college athletics labor market. Essentially, it's a significant legal step forward in questioning whether the NCAA's NIL, name, image, and likeness, recruitment ban, stands up to scrutiny under competition laws. Interesting. And what does this mean in terms of antitrust laws and their application here? 
Well, antitrust laws are designed to promote fair competition for the benefit of consumers. In this case, potentially the student athletes themselves and even the colleges they might attend by arguing that the NCAA's NIL recruitment ban unlawfully restrains competition within Division I, college athletics labor market, Tennessee and Virginia are pushing for a more open market where athletes can profit from their name, image, and likeness without undue restrictions. This suit represents not just a legal challenge, but also a broader societal push towards recognizing and compensating college athletes more fairly for their contributions. That's quite a shift from traditional norms. How does public interest fit into Judge Corker's decision? Judge Corker underlined that allowing free market dynamics to determine NIL values aligns with public interest by providing student-athletes knowledge of their true market worth. This perspective challenges traditional views on amateurism in college sports, which have long held that students should not be compensated beyond scholarships or stipends. By emphasizing free market principles, this decision supports greater autonomy for student-athletes in commercial endeavors and reflects broader societal shifts towards acknowledging their value beyond just athletic performance. Are there other legal challenges against the NCAA we should be aware of? Yes. Alongside this case, there are other lawsuits from current and former athletes seeking compensation over claims that the NCAA unlawly limited earning opportunities through its rules on athlete compensation models based on name, image, and likeness rights. These legal battles indicate growing resistance against restrictive NCAA policies and could lead to significant changes in how college athletics operate. What's been the reaction to this ruling? The reactions have been mixed. The NCAA expressed concern that changing established rules could worsen chaos in collegiate sports and harm protections for student-athletes from exploitation. In contrast, Tennessee Attorney General Jonathan Scormetti welcomed Corker's decision as a protective measure for student-athlete rights during the case, but acknowledged an ongoing, larger battle over how best to balance athlete rights with maintaining order and fairness in collegiate sports. It sounds like we're at a pivotal moment in college sports history. Dustin Sherman, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure, Jonathan. Thank you for having me. Major League Baseball's new uniforms have certainly struck out with fans and players alike. Indeed, the Nike Vapor Premier uniforms introduced with promises of better fit and sustainability are now under fire. From see-through pants to concerns over material quality, the backlash is loud and clear. And it's not just about aesthetics. Players like Taylor Ward and Treya Turner have voiced their dissatisfaction, highlighting a disconnect between the uniforms' intended improvements and their real-world performance. Despite initial positive feedback at last year's All-Star Game, the uniform's debut in regular play has been anything but smooth. Complaints range from the material feeling papery to issues of transparency and color mismatching. With opening day looming in March, the pressure is on for Nike and MLB to address these concerns. Pocket Pod Sports reporter Dennis Akers joins us now to dive deeper into this uniform controversy. Dennis, what's the latest on this? 
Well, Jonathan, the latest is that um, the introduction of the Nike Vapor Premier uniforms in Major League Baseball has indeed stirred up quite the controversy. The core of the dissatisfaction among players and fans alike seems to center on several key issues, with the transparency of the pants being a particularly glaring problem. Photos circulating online, such as one of Los Angeles Dodgers hitter Shohei Otani wearing these new uniforms, have highlighted this issue vividly leading to public outcry and criticism from figures within baseball like Taylor Ward and Treya Turner. That sounds quite concerning, Dennis. Were these issues unexpected given Nike's goals with these uniforms? Absolutely, Jonathan. It's important to note that these uniforms were developed over six years with some very specific goals in mind, enhancing fit, mobility, moisture management, and importantly, environmental sustainability. These are all areas players care deeply about. The surprising part is that despite these well-intentioned improvements, player feedback during spring training has been largely negative. This criticism isn't just about comfort or performance. It extends to quality and design aspects as well. With such a broad range of concerns from players, can you elaborate more on their specific complaints? Certainly. Beyond the already mentioned see-through nature of the pants, players have brought up several other issues. For one, there's been talk about the material feeling too papery and not what they're accustomed to wearing on field. There's also been discontent over mismatched colors uh, between jerseys and pants, unappealing lettering size on jerseys, which many feel detracts from the aesthetic appeal of their team's uniform and an overall sentiment that these uniforms look cheap. It seems like a comprehensive list of grievances there. What has been Nike and MLB's response to this backlash? In response to these widespread criticisms, a spokesperson from Nike stated they take these concerns seriously and are committed to working with MLB to address them effectively. While MLB itself hasn't provided detailed commentary yet beyond emphasizing that the uniform design was driven by performance considerations, it shows there's an acknowledgement that player satisfaction is key here. Both entities seem poised for action, but haven't detailed what those actions might entail exactly. With opening day not far off then, what should we expect moving forward? Are changes likely before then? Um, it's a tight timeline for sure. Tony Clark, MLBPA Executive Director, mentioned it remains uncertain whether issues like see-through pants can be resolved before opening day in March. This suggests discussions are ongoing about potential modifications to satisfy player concerns better. The fact that adjustments are being considered reflects willingness from both Nike and MLB to listen to feedback, but making significant changes in time remains a big question mark. It certainly will be interesting to see how this evolves in coming weeks. Thanks for giving us such a thorough insight into this controversy today. My pleasure, Jonathan. Always glad to delve into these important discussions with you. That was Pocket Pod sports reporter Dennis Akers. Thanks for joining us today. In a bold move that has many scratching their heads, Google has temporarily removed the News tab from its search function. That's right. The company says it's an experiment to explore user preferences and possibly pave the way for AI integration. But this test is stirring up concerns about news accessibility and what it means for the future of digital media. And speaking of AI, Google's not stopping there. They've inked a hefty $60 million deal with Reddit to harness community data for AI training, which could majorly impact what we see in our search results. The timing is critical, too, as Vice News announces it's shutting down its site and laying off staff amid these sweeping changes. It begs the question, what's at stake for news organizations in this evolving landscape? 
To help us unpack all this, we're joined by PocketPod News technology correspondent John Sykes. John, Google's tinkering with its search engine and diving deep into AI, how should we interpret these moves? Well, Jonathan, Google's recent activities really mark a significant shift in how the tech giant is positioning itself in the digital landscape. Starting with the removal of the News tab from its search function, this was part of an unannounced test that caught many by surprise. The company's goal here seems to be exploring new ways to present and filter search results, trying to gauge user preferences. However, it led to a bit of confusion and concern among users who rely on Google for news discovery. That sounds like quite a disruptive move. Can you tell us more about the introduction of an AI-powered overview in search? Absolutely. In place of the traditional news filter, some users encountered an AI-powered overview for their searches. This is a clear indication that Google is seriously considering integrating generative AI into more aspects of its services. Imagine typing in a search query, and instead of sifting through links, you get a concise AI-generated summary that pulls information from across the web. And what about Gemini? How does this fit into Google's broader strategy? Gemini is essentially at the heart of Google's push towards embedding AI across its product suite, including Gmail and Docs. Broadly released earlier this month, Gemini represents a strategic pivot towards leveraging AI to enhance and potentially transform how we use Google's services daily. However, it's important to note that they've had to pause its deployment due to concerns over diversity safeguards being too restrictive, a reminder of the challenges inherent in developing responsible AI. Speaking of challenges, there's been some buzz around Google's $60 million deal with Reddit. What's that about? Yes, that partnership is particularly intriguing. By securing access to Reddit's vast communities for AI training data through a $60 million deal, Google aims to enrich its search results and potentially alter content visibility dynamics. This could significantly influence which information gets prioritized in search results, raising questions about objectivity and bias in what we're exposed to online. And all these changes come at a challenging time for the digital media industry, right? Precisely. With Vice News announcing it would shut down its website and lay off staff amidst these changes by Google, we're seeing potential ripples across the digital media landscape. It underscores how technological shifts by major players like Google can have far-reaching impacts on news outlets and content creators alike. So what's your take on the future role of traditional news outlets in this rapidly evolving landscape? Jonathan, as we see these developments unfold with Google leaning heavily into AI integration and altering how news content might be accessed or prioritized online, traditional news outlets are facing an existential challenge but also an opportunity to adapt and innovate within this new paradigm while maintaining their crucial role as sources of reliable information. John Sykes from PocketPod News Technology Correspondent John Sykes, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Jonathan. And that's Beyond the Headlines for Saturday, February 24th, 2024. I'm Jonathan Martin. And I'm Steve Onsker. Thank you for listening, Lane. We hope you have a good day and we will see you tomorrow. This podcast was created by PocketPod entirely with AI. If you'd like to learn more, head over to pocketpod.app.